Hello and welcome to the podcast for episode 208, The Fox's Lair. I'm Ronald D. Moore, executive producer and developer of the Outlander television series, and I'm happy to uh, welcome Ann Kinney, who wrote Hi, this episode. Yes, yes, yes. All right, well, 208, this is like, I guess we're just over the halfway point we now are. for, yeah, for this right? season. I guess we're well over it, right? 13 episodes, so, yes. eight. Yeah, <laughs> so we we're, well, we're well past the, the halfway point. So it's not as big in a moment as I thought it was. Have some more scotch. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, oh yeah, and the scotch today is Scapa, once again, the 16-year. Ooh, nice. Yes, and the smoking lamp is out. Oh, I didn't even know there was a smoking lamp. There is on occasion. I haven't actually lit the smoking lamp in a while. What is it? What is it? That's like an old phrase. It's like a Navy term. When the smoking lamp was lit, you could smoke on the ship. Ah. So I use periodically. I'll do these at some place where Terry's not around, and I, and I can sit and smoke. <laughs> People will hear the click of the lighter. Ah. The other night, I actually had Japanese whiskey that has something to do with coffee, like it's made in a coffee grinder oh, really? or something. Yeah, it's good. It's oh, really wow. good. Yeah. Try that. I will. All right. Well, uh, first you might have noticed that we've, uh, we've changed the main title once again, reflecting the fact that the, the show has now left uh, Paris forever and has now returned to Scotland. So we're bringing in more imagery from upcoming episodes and just sort of giving a sense of, of where the second half of the season is going, you know, namely that now uh, what was a show really about conspiracy and double dealing and politics is now going into more of a full-blown war story for the rest of rest of the season. Now you, and you were there when this yeah. all was shot, right? Yeah. Well, and we, these scenes that you're about to see at Lollybrock move back and forth between, do you remember, between the end of yes. seven and the beginning of eight, um, because we couldn't figure out quite where it was the best place, and I think ultimately we decided to end seven as they leave and then come into eight, a whole new story, you know, yeah. as opposed to taking them into uh, Scotland. And it did go back and forth several times. Mm-hmm. I think I kept, I kept feeling on the fence about it because I couldn't decide if it was trying to cram too much at the head of your episode mm-hmm. or was the problem that, you know, it was such a shift in tone and story at the end of 207. And it really wasn't even until we saw the cuts that we finally right. said, okay, clearly this part of the story belongs in 208. Right, right. And you want to, and as you see, you want to believe that they've been there for a little while. So this was also, I think, a better way for us to get a sense that they've been here for a while. Yeah. There was a bigger sequence that I think Tony wrote yeah. that was originally in 207 that was the Potato Festival. Because <laughs> this was one of Tony's things for a while. We were always talking about the Potato Festival, and it was quite a festival. It was like lots of celebrating as they dug up the potatoes and did the potato dance and yes. sang the potato song. It got and smaller and smaller and smaller. Until, until it became a basket of potatoes yes, on the yes, table. Yes. And in this scene we used to have, um, there is another baby, Jenny and Ian have the uh, toddler who was born in 113, is that right? Oh, right? But the little girl who was adorable just kept melting down so she finally had to go go to bed. She was She's off somewhere else. And the new baby is here. Now, how much of Lollybrook do we put back together for just this little sequence? Is it just this room? It's this room and the um, living room. The, and the oh yeah, the and, and you know we have upstairs too. We have the um, oh the bedroom. Right, right. right. Lollybrook season one was a fairly big standing set yeah. down on the sound stages, and yeah. we we didn't completely strike it. We sort of folded lots of pieces of pieces of it and put it away to be reassembled later because we knew we'd be coming back to this set several times over the course of the series, but. 
now we're at the place where we're never going to be at Lollybrook for extended periods anymore. So we've just put together sets and pieces on an as-needed basis. Yeah, I'm trying to remember if we shot we shot this at one end of the production or the other because this this set stage then was converted to Lovitz. Is this Lovitz? Yeah. Um, or will be. I mean, this episode was shot out of sequence, and we got into this section of the Scotland show, and we shot. We went from 207, which was the last of the Paris shows, then we did 209 and 210 together, because mm -hmm. they were sort of more of a war story that were, was out on location, right. easily combined, and then a 208 and 211 were combined as one, as I right. recall. Right, correct. And we were outside a lot, too, and it was cold. Was it cold? Yeah, parts of it were really cold. And Diana was there for this shoot, yes. right? Yes. Or was she there for just part of it? She was just there for part of it. She was only there for about two weeks. Two weeks. Um, but, uh, and I don't know how much of 8 she was there for. She was there for most of 11, because that's the episode she yeah, wrote. Yeah, because she wrote 11. Yeah. yeah. Uh, lots of discussion and reshooting, and, and not even reshooting, like pickup scenes and going back in, trying to figure out what Jamie, what Claire and Jamie should discuss before they got on the road to Lovett's house. You know, both the family backstory and establishing sort of the relationship between Jamie and his grandfather, and also just going over their plan and you know why why did they take the, the the choice they do to join the rebellion as opposed to just running away to France right. and this got reworked two or three times I oh yeah yeah this scene which I like a lot was a late entry and I think we really also wanted to sort of address the question of why do they think they can continue to change the future when they've had such a failure yeah. in Paris and uh, so I actually like how this turned out because they, they discussed that I like that we shot this outside because this mm -hmm. is a very this episode in particular is very interior yeah. heavy. Yeah. A lot of a lot of being in rooms and bedrooms and fires and so this is a nice breath of fresh air at the top of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know where they I wasn't there for shooting this. I don't know where they shot this. We just wanted to make sure that Lolly Brock was in the background, although I think we CGI'd that yeah, in. Yeah, we could have right? CG, I think. This probably is in Pollock Park or something. Probably. Some place we, we, we like to go. Mm -hmm. If the Jacobites lose the war. But what if they win? They don't. It's the verdict of history. Have you given up trying to change the future then, Sassenich? Well, after Paris, haven't you? Paris was bitter disappointment. How many months are we saying past here? I think they've been here, I think it's supposed to be like six or seven months. Six or seven months. Again, our timeline got a little wonky because of where yeah. we started and where we, you know, but yes, they've been here a while. That was, that was the other thing about shifting, I think, into this episode was you wanted to have a sense that they'd gotten settled and boy, everything was going to be okay yeah. and then boom, the grenade gets dropped on them. Yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, we could have done longer montage and yeah. many more scenes of them Hanging around Lollybrook and, and having, having fun, a potato festival. Having a potato festival, <laughs> but yeah, because I think initially Tony had a big you know, when they came back to the Lollybrook and riding back. Oh and yeah, all that, there was a much bigger yes. piece. Oh yeah, Claire was going to look over and she was going to see the the blue heron again right. flying around. And right. Yep. And then you start battling time. Keeping the episode under an doing hour. Doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. These kinds of things, like her comment about the definition of insanity, mm -hmm. it's always interesting. You know, you, those pop into my head, and then you think, oh, God, when was that originally said? Yeah, and I use it, you know. Yeah, it's always a relief when you Google it and go, 
whew, it was said, you know, after 1945, so I can use it. Or between, yeah, right? Yeah, because I often think, yeah, I, there's an impulse to think that Claire knows everything that we do. Right. Like, oh, wait, she's like 70 years yeah, before yeah, us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She may not know some of these phrases. Yeah. This was kind of the section where your script originally yes, began. Yes, yes, right? absolutely. This, this was, was the first scene. So the the idea on 207, it was going to be they were at Lollybrook Potato Festival, and uh, then Jamie gets the, the letter, comes in, oh my God, what are we going to do? We have to fight. And that was going to be the, the original out yes, of 207. Yes. So we were going to kind of come in here just on the on the planning. Yeah. And this episode, again, like so many of them, although it gets slightly easier as we go forward, but there is so much explaino to do in these yeah. scenes. And this is when I, I was so happy to have this great spiky relationship between Jenny and Jamie, because you can get a lot of that out and yeah. still have uh, an interesting dramatic scene. I'm sorry, this is one of the few times I was down there for this section. I was on the set while they were shooting bits and pieces of this, which was kind of fun. I just didn't, wasn't able to get down to the set as often this year. Even when I was in Scotland, somehow I was never quite on the set. Right. Who is Lord Lovett, our grandsire, who we've laid eyes on but once in our lives when he came to visit just after our mother died? And it is always so fun when you get Jenny in a script because she's so fun to write for. Laura Donnelly. Laura Donnelly. It's just amazing. It's amazing. He tried to have our mother kidnapped and taken to the Monarch House. And Lord Lovett is a real historical character, um, so that was interesting too to to kind of comb through the real history and then weave it in here. And at some point, he did in fact it wasn't of course Jamie's mother, but um, somebody had him kidnap their wife and take her out to the Monarch Isles and leave her there. She spent her the rest of her life out there. It's like a prisoner because they want to get rid of her. Yeah. So it was again fun to take those little bits and kind of plug them in here. And he was quite an interesting character, Lord Lovett. Wow. Totally playing both sides against the middle. Was he as misanthropic as we planned? Oh, yeah. Well, at least the way, yes, the book. And the book I read was written by, like, his one of his descendants, so it wasn't, you know, someone <laughs> presumably who hated him. Where's my family, Sassanach? What do you mean? My father. In one iteration, the front end of this scene had been the stuff that we said, some of the stuff we said outside. Yeah. And so we came in late in this. It's, again, it's the miracle of editing where you can still save pieces. Oh, yeah, you're right. There was a whole beginning sequence. Yeah, and it was kind of the whole t conversation about, you know, should we, shouldn't we? Can we change the future? I think this is very clever of Jamie to take his shirt off before he delivers the bad news. Yeah. <laughs> He's, all, no, he's no fool. He's no fool. She's like, yeah, what? Huh? Oh, I can't hear you. Oh, <laughs> just let me, I can't, I gotta get this thing off of me before I can really feel free. Yeah, so men, you outmanders, take a lesson. Take a leaf from yes. Sam's book. Yes, I'm sure there, and all, there, there's so many of us that can benefit by taking their shirts off, <laughs> just like Jamie. So feel free to take that bit of advice. This is one of my favorite sets. It's such a beautiful, when you're standing on the set, the blue in the wallpaper, or the tapestries, I guess, really comes through. Mm -hmm. It's unfortunate that we always kind of have to light it in candlelight and never really get to the full blaze of glory of this set, mm -hmm. but it's really a great, great set. Yeah, that's really pretty. Here comes one of my 
absolutely favorite scenes. I love this scene in the book, and it had to be truncated a little bit, but I think it turned out really well, and they played it so beautifully. Yeah, this is one of those scenes that kept getting threatened to be cut, because ultimately you don't need it to tell right. the story, but it right. is such a lovely beat, and it's just very sweet, and it's yep. tender, and it, it does touch on you know Claire and Jamie's own relationship and their hopes for, for parenthood, and it's, it, I'm glad we kept this in. Me too, yeah. Yeah, no, I know every time we had to cut it, I'm like, uh, how about that scene? How about that scene? There was always some, scene? Other, yeah. some other victim you yes. offered yes. for Please, sacrifice. not this one. What, do we have an actual baby on the set? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This really, yeah, this is a real baby. She was good. Sam didn't drop her on her head or anything? No, no, yeah, no, no, no. Hold her like a football a little yeah, bit. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how much Sam's been around babies, but he, he did this very well. Yeah, this is drawn from the book. Now, is this in the same section of the book? Mm-hmm. So this is before, like, before right. they mm -hmm. leave for Lovitz, we, they kind of, she kind of played all of this. Right. Yeah, that, the idea that you could pour out your heart, to, as Jenny says, to a baby. And so he's sort of, you know, keeping up a brave front for them and then is more upset when he's talking to the baby. And this is one of those things physically on the set too that these they're, they're actually fairly close together, mm. but because of the way we could shoot it, you get a sense of distance yeah. between that Jamie and the women. Those little fingers, so cute. Then they grow up and be large people. Yes. <laughs> This was interesting too because there was a big conversation about how this focus racks uh -huh. and whether you know we needed to shoot the whole thing because Jenny has a speech here you know but we're on Claire's face and whether we needed to have an, an option with her in focus and all that too although mm -hmm. ultimately I, what you went with was the her being out of focus which yeah. was really nice. Yeah, because it like pulls you it pulls you emotionally to Claire. Yes. So you're listening to what Jenny is saying, like Claire is listening. Yeah. I could not articulate it that way, but I knew <laughs> I liked it better with the way we ended up doing it. I think there were more pieces we had originally with uh, the other yes. Frasier men showing up and yeah, putting the army together. Yeah, yes, yes, and the kids running around with the weapons yeah. and all that, and that just ended and up going. It went away. You know, this is one of the things the uh, rosary for the book readers know. That's a significant give, but we won't, you know, I mean, it's interesting. Right. Again, with the books, they're so serialized that sometimes we find ourselves, you know, after you get, you've read like the sixth book and realize, ah, we should have set that up back yeah. there. It's hard to keep it all in your head. Well, wasn't there a rosary also in season one that was from, is this the same rosary or no? Remember in book one, uh, the witch trial. There was a whole thing with yes, him throwing the rosary. Yes, and it was like an ebony rosary yeah. or something. It is could be. A, or is this the same one? It it absolutely could be the same one. Although we didn't use that, so we had to have her give it to him some other yeah. time. But because he throws the rosary, I think around Claire's neck or something, yeah. and so they would still have it with them. So right. it could be the same rosary. Of course. But sometimes 
this donkey was such a pain. We could not. You know. What you don't see is just before we shot, they had food in a, in a bucket, and then they, the donkey would start to move, and then they'd jump out of frame so we could shoot it. But it was awfully cute. We all were getting our pictures taken with the donkey. Well, it's nothing like working with animals and kids is the old yes. thing. Then let's do both. Yeah. <laughs> let's put a kid on an animal and try to get it to do things. Yep. so strongly even just little beats though yeah yeah it's all right out there on her sleeve or her face but I think that's one of the things that we just are so not connected to in this day and age because yeah when you say goodbye to somebody like this it was entirely possible you'd never see him again even if they yeah. weren't going off to war even if they oh, were yeah. just moving somewhere and you may never hear no you may no. just always wonder why you haven't heard from them exactly. for months and years yeah, yeah, not know what happened to them. It would be really strange. Yeah, it's a whole different way of looking at time, mm -hmm. yeah, the journey of your you life. Yeah, they walk out that front door, and what do you do? Do you just sort of assume you'll never see them again, or yeah. do you assume you will, or you know, how do you do that? Yeah. All right, now, I'm trying to recall how we came up with the column story originally. I think we came up with it because we wanted to have Leary here. Did and we were trying to Leary? figure out how the hell Leary would be here. Why would she be here? And then it was kind of a, a twofer because it was like, oh great, we'll also see Colm again before he come because he has later bigger on. stuff later and, and we wanted to see him again. And the Leary part of this, I think it came out of two, th two desires. One was to set up things that will happen with Leary in season three and kind of felt like, I felt pretty strongly that you needed to see her in season two to bridge that between yep. where we left her and where we're gonna find her in season three. And the second was, I think we needed something to service this story at Lovitz, right? We, yeah. we were kind of trying to figure out how to make the Lovitz story work precisely because the, the plot as given to us in the book, it, it was good and it was interesting, it was great character stuff and really nice scenes, but when you sort of translated that into a dramatic framework for television, and you're trying to find, well, what does Lovett want? What is Jamie trying to do? You know, what's the battle between them? We kind of felt like we didn't. We needed something more. There wasn't quite enough plot to sort of right. make it work. Right. And so that's when we started. We came on to the idea of Leary and, and her being involved. Yeah, I think so. Yes, and the, and to have Colin be involved. And and then the Colin, it's great because now what happens is we have yeah clear wants. Jamie wants one thing from Lovett. Colin wants the absolute opposite from him. And and Lovett gets to be the this guy who's playing them against each other, and which is very much his nature. And yes, then that was a way we could get Leary in. And remember originally. We had Mrs. Fitz in this too. Oh, it was Mrs. Fitz. That's yeah, right. Who Mrs. came with them? Yeah. And she had scenes with Claire. Well, again, we, it was old home week. We could bring back all of our old characters, but a scheduling conflict, we weren't able to get Mrs. I Fitz. I know it was such a drag because that was so great scenes. Like Mrs. Fitz basically brought in Larry and, and made her kneel in front yep. of Claire yep. and said that she, it was Mrs. Fitz who had saved Larry from exile and right. the whole thing but was basically punishing her yep. for all of her wicked deeds. And we say that here. We Colin say it. explains it, but it's obviously not as powerful as if we could have seen her. Yeah, that would have been great. And we really tried to... Um, Clyde Russell. 
Russell. Clive Russell is so good. Just like walks in and suddenly there's a character. You know, it's like you, you're just intrigued and you want to know what this guy's going to do next. Yeah, he was great. And even remember the table read. It was so fun. Yeah. He was just like this. It just popped. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. who's that? Yeah. No, I was delighted. He's really good. Now, in the book, Lord Lovett has wooden teeth. Do you remember this right. whole thing? Yeah. And there's a moment where they, that you'll see later, where they sort of come into play. And it's such a cool moment in the book. And yeah. that's another thing that I just was hanging on to and hanging on to. And finally, we got into the production meeting. It was like, mmm. You know, the hair and makeup people came in with the prosthetics that they could put in him, and then it was like, but he's probably not going to be able to speak in an intelligible yeah. way. And then, once he loses the wooden teeth, he's going to have no teeth. Yeah. And then he, you can't understand him that way. So it finally went by the, by the boards. But we tried. We did. And I think it works out fine. And if you want the teeth, you can read the book. That's right. I've been looking for you since I heard you here. A lot of discussion about how this first encounter was going down. I was actually advocating a much tougher response from Claire. I wanted Claire to really go at her because my, my initial impulse was Claire is taken by surprise. She sees Leary and she has thought about on some level the fantasy in her mind. If I ever see Leary again, what would I do? And then caught unawares, Leary come, appears that she would just unleash on her. And then I think you, and, and then I, I know uh, Kat kind of all felt, well, that's not Claire, and wanted her to play a little cooler and play it a little, you know, hold back a little, a, a, a little bit more. And it's probably the right decision for the show. Well, and I think, and I, I, I wrote a version of that scene, which I ended up really liking. It's so funny how that happens, too, because initially yeah. I'm like, oh, and then when you write it, then I'm like, I love this scene. Yeah, then you get invested in it. And then it, it's yeah. like, what? But um, I do think and that what we came to was that after everything that Claire has been through, Leary is such small potatoes. Yeah, that was, that was the big yeah. the, the thing that swayed her. Was like, really, in the scheme of things, she's really that mad at Leary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after everything in Paris and losing the baby and all that, it's like, oh, my God. Um, this was a crazy place to shoot. It was really narrow. And when we went up there, it looked cool, but there were, were birds that had been up in the rafter, so there was bird poop everywhere. Oh it was so gross. They did clean it out, but yikes. And I think, you know, the other discussion we had about Leary, too, was that in our story, Jamie knows that Leary was the one who um, ratted... Uh, Claire, Claire out, out yeah. as a witch, one, yeah. and she testifies at the trial. Yes. Neither of those things happen in the book. Right. So because where we knew it had to go, we really, I think there was a real strong feeling that we have to, you know, give her some moment of redemption before we can get to where we want to go. Yeah, you had, you had to move it forward because yeah. it felt like if you, she just showed up in the way she shows up in book three, in, in the third season, that it would, you would really go, wait a minute. Yeah, you could, How would you not be able to believe it. Yeah, yeah. There, there is a sense, I, if I have a, a sort of, a, uh, not a criticism, but it's, maybe it's a criticism of, of this episode. It's just the visually, it is a very claustrophobic show. Mm -hmm. Like, we're so interior to so many scenes. You know, we're in bedrooms a lot, we're in dining rooms a lot. 
And I think it's just a limitation of the time of year we were shooting so and locations and availabilities. Yeah, absolutely. And, but it's unfortunate because the show, in the few moments that you do get outside in the show, you can really feel it kind of expand yes. and you feel a little better. Like coming up when uh, Claire and young Simon take that walk. It's really nice. It's great. It's like, oh, I, I want to get out of the, this, these dark rooms. Yeah. I think also because Eleven had so much exterior, again, you just have to balance it out because yeah. they really had to be outside. And I think this season, unlike season one, we encountered the weather a lot more. Yeah. Like season one, we got so lucky on location. Yeah. We had maybe one day we ran for weather cover, which means uh, when you run for weather cover, it means that the weather out on location is so bad. You cancel filming and then you go to an interior backup set somewhere. It's almost like an emergency situation. And that happened one day, season one, but we had several days of that mm -hmm. in season two, and a lot more that were threatening, and it was just a, the Scottish weather kind of gave us a year to be kind, and then said, okay, now this is what it's really like. So as a result, there's just a lot more interior stuff. This is one of those scenes, too, uh, that I think on a certain level, it was tricky to write because there's so many pieces going on, but it's really tricky to shoot because... Yeah. I can just say in the script, describe, okay, Claire clocks this, so-and-so looks at that one, so-and-so looks at this yeah. one. But trying to get all of that in there and make us, because you have to see, you have to see the interplay with Lovett and Colm, Colm and Jamie, Lovett and Young Simon, Young Simon and Leary, and then Claire has to be clocking what's going on between yep. Young Simon and Leary to make the rest of the thing play. This is a very tricky, not just to shoot it, it's also a tricky scene to edit. And I know the editing oh, yeah. team spent a lot of time because they have to find all those looks. Yeah. And it has to match. You have to know when Claire looks left, you know, right there when Lovett looked to camera right, who is he looking at? Well, we have to know where that look was going, right. why is it significant, and who's looking where. And it's, it's really difficult to, you know, to do these kinds of uh, scenes with this many characters. Yeah, and you really, this one in particular, I mean, he sh you know, Mike Barker did a nice job shooting it, absolutely, and, but it, I think they really built this one in editing. This one really came up. Because you're also trying to listen to what Jamie's talking yeah. about, but you're trying to watch all this other subtext and interplay among the players. Yeah. In all versions of the story, I think we, early on, Lyra was there to support this Young Simon story. Right, yes. Was yes. there a version that we talked to? I don't think we ever wrote, but the initial impulse was, didn't it start with a Columns bringing Lyra as like a gift to, yeah. si to Young uh, Simon? To Young Simon, and that was going to be like a way of cementing the two families. Yes, yes. And then it was all going to go sideways over the course of events. But then I think somebody, maybe it was you, pointed out that <laughs> she's well, Lyra's she's a kitchen maid, and it's it's not much of a present. <laughs> it's like, Thanks, Colum. Yeah, he's like the prince, and it's like, yeah, here's his kitchen maid. Yeah, here's yeah. the kitchen maid we've been beating, and you know, he's a scullery. Yeah, that that unfortunately. And apparently Nell Hudson, who plays Lyra, is good friends with Clive Russell's daughter. Oh, really? Yeah. Which must have been weird. Oh, that's a little weird. Wow. And, and at one point, actually, I think in the script it says he grabs her ass. He didn't end up doing that, which is fine. And, I, and when it didn't happen, I thought, mm, I bet that's why. Yeah, it would just be a little too weird. Opted to go a different way. Yeah, yeah. So great to see Colin. It's, you know, it's really great that I'm really glad that both Colin and Larry are in the episode because it mm -hmm. really does cement the return to Scotland yep. theme. You know, we're really back in that, in that season one world. 
Well, this is again, this for me is also. It's a real rain out there, right? Yeah, oh yeah. Yes. And those steps were so slippery. That Those steep steps, the production people had to haul all the equipment up those steps into this room to shoot it. I don't know how they do it. I know. It's amazing. They worked so hard on the set. Oh. Really amazing. And then when we're all inside and it's warm and dry, they're all outside. Yeah, they're you know. all outside. Yeah. But no, those, the, the thing where I think like reading the books, you know, you're so with Claire and you're with Jamie and a lot of these other characters are just sort of service characters. They pop up here or there. And when I'm reading the book, I don't even think about it. But it's something that I know, um, you know, that you were a big advocate of. Ira was a big advocate of. We've got to bring these other characters up. We've got to give them personalities. And it absolutely, it makes, it just fills the world out so much better. So yeah, we can bring back Colm and bring back Larry and we have this whole family thing there, which is great. This was the key thing. What is what does Lovett want? And yes. it, it took us a while to figure that out. Yes. That was the struggle of what could Lovett want. Because the whole story has to be about him playing both sides again. Right. He's one he's somewhat similar to the Duke of Sandringham, but less less subtle about it. Right. That Lovett wants to literally be a be in good standing with the Jacobites or the Crown and so that no matter who wins, he wins. So given all of that, what's why is he, you know, treating them this way? What is he ultimately after? And I don't even remember who came up with it, but eventually the idea of Lollybrook was was the thing that, that yeah. made the most sense. Yeah. And you love this character. Oh, Maisery's Maisery. great. And this actress is great. Maureen uh, Beatty is really terrific. Um, yeah, I remember you always like talking yeah, about how another you <laughs> were looking forward to doing Maisery. Maisery and, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was another one that was like, don't look over there, we can't cut that scene, let's yeah, go Yeah, yeah, the major scenes were not getting cut. <laughs> the thing that's nice about this, too, is this character, what he wants is personal. Yeah. As opposed to Sandringham, who's a little more, you know, just about, you know, yes, I, I want to be comfortable, whoever wins, I want to be on the winning side. Um, I think if Jamie hadn't shown up, I, either he'd just stay out of it because I don't want to get involved, or he'd go with Colm because, yeah. what, why not? Yeah, this is a guy that holds grudges, that keeps score, that's yeah. still embittered about about Brian, you know, Jamie's father. Yeah. It's like, it's, this is a much more family blood feud kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And this, is this the scene that would have been the, the teeth in the yes, fireplace? Yes, yes. Yeah, this is one that becomes the Yeah, he starts in the book, he starts to laugh, as he does here, and he's choking, and then he takes the teeth out. Right. And uh, Jamie chucks him in the fire. When you said this is a redress of uh, Lollybrock. Yeah, this room, the big uh, room with all the antlers, the, um, I'm trying to think if there's another room here. I think it may be just these two rooms. Oh no, Is yeah, their yeah. Bedroom? Their bedroom's somewhere else. Their bedroom's a location. Their location. <laughs> and there, he would have taken his teeth out. 
I don't know how these people drink as much as they do. I and, know. Uh, it's astonishing. It is. Or just dump it back like a glass of water. I, yeah. I, you know. And, and I love this, too, because these two are not so different, but Jamie just uses his powers for good. Do you know what I mean? They're, but that kind of, you know, being canny about it. Yeah, they're both maneuverers. Mm-hmm. I like the way Sam plays this. Mm-hmm. Right. Try to ravish my wife. After she's done with you. Yeah, it's great. And this is one of those things, too, that, again, it's always so interesting, constructing these things. In the book, he tells Lava, Lava makes this threat, he tells him she's a white witch, but that's kind of where it ends, other yeah. than just kind of puts him off of Claire a little bit. But as this goes up forward, we use that. Then yep. it was like, oh, wait a minute. We'll use his superstitiousness. We'll use the fact that he thinks she's a witch. And that's how we came to the end piece, that big thing that happens that I don't yeah. want to say yet at the end, the big charade that is not in the book. Um, well, you can say it. You can say it because okay. people presumably are watching, oh, watching the show before they listen yeah. to the podcast. And if they don't, then oh, that's, that's on true. Them. Yeah. But that, yeah, when she does the whole where she pretends that she's had a vision yes. and all of that, and then also use the masery piece, yeah. you know, again, where you take all the pieces you have on the table and you go, oh, wait, we can use this and we can put this. And what if we move it over here? Oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, because it's just a different, you know, I say this, we talk about this a lot in these podcasts. It's a different job, you know, constructing it as a dramatic piece for television and trying to find the moments when a character turns, when a character makes right. a decision, what's the dramatic high point of the episode, what do they all want, what's the theme of this episode. It's just a different job than writing the narrative in, yeah. in prose, you know, it's, it's a different experience. You're not asking the, the same thing of the reader that you right. are of the audience. So, you know, the issues that are there for us as dramatists are not something that bothers Diana and they don't bother the readers because right. it's, it's a different thing. It's part of the adaptation process. Yeah, no, it's been a real education. It's been really interesting to do that. Because each episode, you want each episode to feel satisfying. Yeah. You need to kind of have, yeah, exactly. What's the want of the episode? Do they or don't they get it? And then weaving the serialization stuff within that. Yeah. Like this episode is all building towards a single climactic moment. Not every episode has to, but this one is. And so we're, you have to lay out all the pieces and the plot threads and then figure out, okay, where are we in the timing of the show? And we want the, the, the big, dramatic, climactic point to be close to the end you know, before we fade out and, and, and go to next week's episode. After that scene last night, we'll take more time than we have to give the boy the confidence he needs to. I think some of that might come for our for our show. It might come from the fact that it is more of a single narrative point of view. Like Game of Thrones doesn't really do that. Right. Game of Thrones is truly serialized in like all of its multiple plot lines, as far as I can see. So you know, it's 
they can you just go and that plot line this week will end at this point and next week it'll pick up over there or maybe it won't pick up for two more episodes. Really, I don't but watch it. So oh, you don't watch no. it? Yeah, it has multiple threads of multiple characters in multiple locations that, for the most part, don't interact with each right. other for weeks and weeks. And sometimes they'll come together and sometimes they won't. But I'm not sure that. I could identify a central sort of theme or, or, or structure to any particular episode right. of Game of Thrones. If I think about the series, I can pick out signature moments and signature sort of things that happen to characters, but I couldn't tell you which episode that was in because they're all kind of, it's really meant to be watched as one long run. Is it really? So, it you, don't, yeah, so you don't get to the end of an episode and have, they haven't told you any, in any of those storylines they haven't told you No, they you might have. There, there, might have been in a, there might have been one or two storylines that did have that shape, but they, right. but they all don't. And they're okay. not all unified by like one idea. There's not like, oh, this is the, the episode about so-and-so. Right, right. It'll be about multiple things within right. that episode. Right. And yeah, this one might have a traditional structure of beginning, middle, and end. And this one might just be revisiting you know, some plot that's going on in a much longer right. time frame. Right. So it's, it's a very, I think with ours, because we're so focused with Claire and Jamie, right. you kind of feel the rhythm of you know, more of a, somewhat of an episodic structure where you kind of feel like this is an aid, you know, one, two, three each week. Right. They were kind of right. going from here to there and ending up in this place before we start the next chapter. Right, right, right. Besides, it's not for me. It's for Jamie. Do you feel like our episodes have themes? I think they do sometimes. So what's the theme of this episode? Yeah, I, I was just going to say, sometimes they're hard for me to like contact. I know we talk about it a lot when we're breaking them. What's this episode about? Right. We're always trying. I mean, this. I know what it's about in terms of plot. This right. is about Jamie's desire to get men... You know, to join the Jacobite Rebellion. That's right. what it's a, That's right. the, the plot thing. Yeah, what is the theme of this episode? I don't know. Maybe it's it's not really betrayals and it's maybe trust or I don't know. This one's a hard one to put a theme on. Yeah. I mean, I certainly 207 is all about loss mm -hmm. and healing mm -hmm. and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You know. I mean, I feel like the, the things that are similar with, between all the storylines, everybody's trying to manipulate everybody else. It's all about cat and mouse. Everybody, you know, Claire comes to Leary and says, you know, hey, if you do this, I'll, um, you know, I'll, I'll put in a good word for you with Jamie. And then Leary's like, well, I don't think she even, I, I guess she does say that. And then Leary ups the ante and says, okay, you're going to have him forgive me, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's interesting that everybody's, but I think we've talked about this before, a theme, I don't work that way. So it's after the fact that sometimes I can look back and say, oh, that's what that was about. Yeah, I don't know. It's like, I, a lot of times I use theme or plot theme almost interchangeably. Okay. Because to me, this was the episode that was about Jamie getting in for the right. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's really that's not really a theme, but it's just kind of how it, I think of the episode right. as a definition. In the same way that each of the episodes, I'll sort of assign in my head a specific idea. You know, right. Episode four is about the party. You know. And, right. And three was. Uh, three was. What it was, was about Claire three? finding her her sort of. Uh, yeah, her place, place and their relationship and. You know, Two was about the entry into mm -hmm. into Paris as an idea, and, mm -hmm. and one was you know setting up you know the flash forward, and also just setting up you know getting the whole plot going mm -hmm. in, in mm -hmm. the past. And this too, this is the kickoff to Scotland. This is this is also yes, as you say, he has to get men, he has to prove himself to Prince Charles, all of that. This is the shifting of gears of now we're going to go to war. Yeah, this is going to war. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there are definitely times in writers' rooms where you can get too caught up in sort of 
you know, the analysis of it, where, well, what's the show about? And you, you struggle to come up with the theme of the week. Right. And then it's sort of an artificial thing you're trying to impose on it. Yep. But sometimes, and other times it's just useful because it sort of organizes your thoughts yep. and the principles of what the show is. Yep. So it's like, it's nice to have these kinds of rules and play things as long as you don't get too obsessive right. about it. Right. See, now once we're outside, I kind of feel like, oh, the show's breathing again. It's yeah. kind of, I've gotten out of these dark little rooms. And, you know, this, this comes at the perfect moment to kind of break the tension of all yeah. that. Yeah. He doesn't have much respect for me. And he's a real character as well, yeah. too, right? Yeah. Real historical character. Yes, but we now he we've really taken liberties with his personality and stuff. Love it did have a son, but I don't think he was. Uh, um, and even in the book, he's a much sort of snarkier character than this one is. But this was so fun. I loved writing this scene. It was really yeah. Fun. I like this scene a lot. And this was originally we had two scenes with Leary and um, Young Simon. And the first one is when he does the poem. And then the second one was a version of this without the poem. Um, but I loved that poem. So again, yeah. trying to find a way to put this back in here. Um, I was actually, I was talking when I was trying to put this together and trying to think of what does he say that's like his, what's his subversive act against this father that he's so afraid of? And I was talking to Richard Kahn, actually, and he's the one who said, oh, maybe he likes poetry. And I'm like, oh my God, that's fantastic. And so that's, yeah, that's. And then looking for a poem that was written at the time, yeah. you know, that I could actually use. So hurricanes rise and rise every wind. They'll ne'er make a tempest like that in my mind. Go loudest of thunder on louder waves flow. I think it's raining. Too. It is. It's like, sometimes you can clock it, sometimes you can't. It's a funny thing with the light. You'll be standing on the set and you're going, oh my God. It's just raining and raining, and then mm. you look at the film, and yep. somehow it just didn't catch the light. Where you see it sometimes is their hair will start to, yeah. you know. It's funny, too, when we wrote this, when I wrote the scene, she says something about it's a beautiful day, but I had beautiful drach, whatever that is, slash. People were saying, what do you mean? I mean, because it's whatever it is when we're out there is yeah. what we're going to say. <laughs> this building is so beautiful. Although this is one of those times when we walked in and uh, again the art department looked at certain things that were in there and we're like oh oh no that, that's from the twenties that's from here I mean me it's like, it all looks like olden days to yeah. me so I think this is perfect so they had to do some juggling around and kind of uh, you know punting a little bit on this but uh, it turned out great it's very and it was so cold in there oh is this my an God. actual church mm -hmm. oh, I guess the stained glass and probably yeah it's a little chapel it's tiny. What brings you into a church then? It's cold outside. <laughs> I remember when she said that I'm thinking, it's colder in here. Yeah. It really was colder <laughs> in that church than it was outside. I thought it was so rough with you the other day. His lordship is not an easy master. He asks what I see and beats me when I tell him things that displease him. Does it always come to pass? I think you can see their breath periodically when they're talking. Sometimes an action. There's so many scenes where I want to see their breath because yeah. we're faking how yeah. cold it is. And, <laughs> and then we get it and I don't even need it. Those stone benches she's sitting on were really cold. Wow. Good thing she has lots of skirts on. And this is all from the book, as I recall, right? Yeah. And that boy was safe at home. 
we, again, we had to sort of condense some of this whole speech. But yeah, yeah, this is all. Did you book. see? Right yeah, it's too bad that we couldn't play something bigger with Maisie, that we had a little bit more for her to do. Because she is, it's an interesting idea that he keeps this woman around, that she's sort right. of part of his estate. You know, yeah. Not really part of the family, but somehow yeah. he's got her tethered to this place and is using her and abusing her. It's like a, yeah. sort of a really interesting relationship. And across his lordship's face, I felt the shadow of an axe. And again, that's all from the book. And then we took that and went forward and said, oh, okay, so Claire remembers that, and that's what she's yeah. going to use to that's trick him later. And what happened to Lord Levin in re reality? In reality, he um, uh, ultimately was uh, the last guy um, killed. That He may have been drawn and quartered as a Jacobite um, supporter. Even though he was trying to cover his bets and right. what they just saw through it, basically. I, I guess that's what happened. I'm trying to think if he covered them as well because he went back and forth. He was, you know, the English. He was in an English prison for a while. He was um, then he was, uh, you know, shunned by the by Prince Charles in France. I mean, he really went back and forth and back and forth, and I think he just landed on the wrong side in the end. You kind of gotta like Leary. I Even do if like she's Leary. She's terrible. She's. Uh, I know. It's just how can you not like Leary? <laughs> yeah. It was really raining here. Yep. This was so interesting when we came in here. This whole courtyard area. This is all built. This is us. This. This, this is stable. all built. The stable. Because oh. yeah. where they are is in the courtyard, and it was just empty. It was just a big box, and so then we built this. Again, in part because of the weather, mm. we knew that they needed to be undercover in order to shoot this, and uh, so that's why we built this little stable inside there. You? So it was interesting to shoot with the horses, too, because, you know, at least half your shots have some big nose swung into them, you know, and you have to, like, okay, let's try that again. Promised, they do have a mind of their own. Yeah. They're not afraid to just do their thing. Yeah. So we must. To me, it's too much. Let's just go to Prince Charles with the men from London. There he is back there moving around. Yeah. Just, I, well, I'm just going to move in the yeah. shot. Yeah, exactly. I'm not giving him my land, so unless you're planning on declaring yourself a visitor from the future, describing what will happen if we get a fight and win, then I see I have much choice. Now, in your mind, when does Claire come up with this plan? Is it right here? Is mm -hmm. she planning it well in advance? No, I think she's. She, I think that all the it's starting to drop. But no, I don't think that she mm -hmm. actually decides to do it until she's in, in this scene. In the moment. And then she goes, "Okay, I'm gonna go for it." But all the seeds have been planted at that point. This was tricky to remember. We went through this whole thing about how we were going to make it super clear that this was the deed of Sassine and yeah. this was the. And we had all these documents. We really wanted you to understand it was, you know, Jamie or either one thing or the other. You got to decide. Um, and also, we wanted, you know, young Simon to stop his dad. 
But Clive, in the book, uh, Lord Lovett, although none of that happens in the book, but Lord Lovett's a small man. Yeah. And Clive Russell is... Yeah, he's huge. Huge. It's he's like really almost big. bigger than Jamie, yeah. And the guy we have playing young Simon is little. And so it was like, why wouldn't Dad just go, swat? Yeah. So having to kind of figure that out. And I think we, what we landed on was that he's so startled that the kid would even dare to touch him mm -hmm. that it stops him. Yeah, this was another one of those scenes that got reworked and yeah. reworked and reworked editorially and who's looking where when and who's about to do what and when yeah. does he reach for the knife and when does Simon move and who's the, it's just like it was so complicated. Yeah, because we also wanted to, to you to feel like part of, that Leary was part of Simon's decision to move yeah. because it was She's her. She's inspiring him yeah. to be brave. Cat was great in this scene. I love her in this scene. Cat just commits. Yeah, she, she really does. does. Like wherever Claire is, that's where Cat is. She just commits to the idea completely. What does she see? Yeah, because this is one of those moments that, you know, when you, when you say to yourself, you know, oh, I, could I ever be an actor? And I watch this and I go, there is no way. <laughs> I would feel so goofy doing this. And she's great. That's complicated because she's she's playing a part, playing a part. Yeah, yeah. it's really. Yes. And the other thing that I, I like about this moment too, because I think we had gone back and forth about, does she give Jamie the high sign? Does, do they kind yeah. of agree to do this together? Does he say to her, okay, do yeah. this? And I really like what we landed on because I do think it also really speaks to their relationship that she could do this and just in this moment of looking at each other you realize oh he gets what's going yeah, on that, he's, that they really are that attuned to each other yeah. so you standing in bright sunlight we had columns like this is such yeah. bullshit it's like were you kidding me he was wearing a black hood shadow of an axe across your face this man, whose executioner, King James, or King George. I don't remember. Was covered in this when we were shooting this too, on the set. Because again, it, the whole concept is so complicated and is it King James or King George and what do those roses mean and all that. And that at one point, actually Gary is like, wait a minute, if, they're, if the roses belong to King James, then doesn't that mean that the King George would be the executioner because the roses are... I, I was just thinking, <laughs> wait a minute, what have wait, we done? Oh no! <laughs> it's like a math problem that somebody <laughs> says, but is that number right? Yeah. Oh my did god. Did you subtract? Did you carry the yeah. one? <laughs> it's exactly what it so is. It's our duty yeah. to stand up for our country and our kinsmen. I will fight for King James. I'll fight for King James. so much shorter than Clive. Clive. Yeah, exactly. It was just so goofy. So, it, But I think it worked. It works because you, you don't pull back and see the real giant right. difference. Well, and also what's happening to Lovett in this moment is he's putting together his scam now. He's yeah. having this moment of going, wait a minute. This could all work for me. Yeah, I can turn this to my yeah. advantage once yeah. again. Yeah. <clears throat> Thank you. 
another one of these great British yeah, actors that we work with that are such pros. Mm -hmm. You know, they just come in and they're really, really good. Yeah, prepared, they know their thing. Yeah. We will remain neutral And never, you never get a whiff of like, oh, this part is too small for me or anything yeah. like that. You know what I mean? They're just, they're journeymen. Yep. They'll show up even though today they're only doing one line or maybe just a yeah, look. Yeah. They don't complain about having to sit in their trailer all day. Come and visit. Let's do it to our newly formed alliance. These are always tricky too when you got a bunch of extras too, like getting them to yeah. do something and how much should they do and yeah, it's that's always hard also. Because they're background players, they're not actors, yeah. so you're you know, you want to give them business, but it can't be too specific business because then they become actors and then right. that's not why you even cast them was to be an actor. So right. it's all Well and I know here there are all <coughs> kinds of rules about if you tell them to do a specific thing it puts them in a different category. Yeah. Is it the same in yeah, the UK? I think it is, but I think I think the the thresholds are different and complicated, but mm -hmm. it's all that's why the ADs are pretty much in charge of that, because they know exactly what they right. can and can't do and what the lines are. I loved this moment, too. I really do, um, because I think it's that kind of Civil War thing, you know, where people were on opposite sides of this yeah. military and political thing, but they were family, and that it's almost more heartbreaking because of that. It's more yeah. tragic, you know, and that's... These two respect each other. They love each other, but... Yeah, and Column is not wrong. I mean, if anything, no. Column is the far-sighted one yep. here and sees the disaster that's coming. Yep. I mean, Jamie is is trying to fight a, a fight because he thinks he has an advantage by knowing the future. But Column is a pretty clear-eyed realist about yep. how this is going to go down. And in fact, maybe if nobody had fought, then then things would have been completely different. Yeah. Now, we shot, Leary, um, Nell was only available to us a certain number of days, so there are a couple shots here, which hopefully you can't see, where we had a stand-in. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. On her back? On her back, where we shot Jamie's side of it, because we weren't going to have time to do both uh -huh. when Nell came. <clears throat> Before we go, there's something I need you to do for me. Yeah. Say thank you to Leary. Thank you. It's, it's also so great, you know, I'll all these guys know how to pronounce these things. Like, can you see? I know. It's like, Ken Gussie. <laughs> I know, Ken Gussie is what we kept calling it. Yeah. I was kind of constantly falling down, and then I'll see road signs, yeah. <laughs> roads and towns, and I just bash out some horrible pronunciation. Right. It is so far away. Yep. Well, Curris. Yeah. Curris does Cole Ross. Like, yeah, Cole Ross, I call it. Yeah. Still. Talk to, thank you. I <laughs> know. I like that he just goes and does it, too. Yeah. He doesn't know why he's thinking yeah. her, yeah. but he'll go do it. Well, stay tuned on that score. <laughs> she hasn't been completely redeemed. No. Again, this is just rain. It's not us in rain towers out there. No. <clears throat> 
there's a comfortable ride back to Castle Lake mm -hmm. for a little bit. Oh my god, really. Can you imagine on these roads in that wagon? Nope. Have, to have a pretty hard butt. I love this shot. Oh, this was so cool. Yeah, this is pretty great. A, you know, it's a bit of a crapshoot. Who can ride and who can't? I know. Clive Russell, this was him. He did can a good job. Mm -hmm. I know. When I, on the times I'd be on allocation with actors and, and horses, you could always tell because inevitably the horse will move. Yeah, oh, and the yeah. horse will just decide to wander off. Because <laughs> you see the actor like, whoa! He's going somewhere! He's going somewhere! The horse is just like, yeah, I'm going to go over here and eat some grass. Because you don't know what you're doing. the fox in this episode? We must. Somewhere. Yes, um, uh, I think uh, Jenny early on says the old fox, the old fox. blah blah blah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm afraid I have seen a similarly deepest turn of mind. We have to rethink our agreement not to lie to one another. <laughs> and off they go. Off they go, off to fun. As we put distance between ourselves and Jamie's loathsome grandfather, my heart lightened. We had Lovett's men now. Jamie would have the prince's favor, and at least the opportunity to steer the rebellion. It is interesting, historically uh, speaking, how how primitive the weapons were yeah. with the Jacobites. I mean, this is really what they went to war with. There were very few muskets and pistols. It was really pitchforks and axes and yeah, knives. And farm implements. And farm implements. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you have 208. That's a fun episode. I think mm -hmm. it turned out really yeah, well. Yeah, I was really happy with it. Was it. Really good. So uh, thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll talk again soon on episode 209. Until then, good night and good luck. Bye.